Hey everyone, welcome to Women's Work, Rising, Leading, and Thriving, produced by the Institute for Women, Wellness, and Work at Ursuline College. I'm Gina Messina, and this is a podcast that empowers women to recognize ourselves as the leaders we've been waiting for. I am delighted to be talking with Genevieve Pituro, who has been touching hearts and changing lives for more than two decades. She left her corporate career behind to pursue her purpose and founded the Pajama Program, which has provided 7 million pairs of pajamas to children who have experienced trauma and are in shelters around the nation. You may have seen Genevieve on The Oprah Winfrey Show, Good Morning America, The Today Show, The Early Show, CNN, Fox, and the list goes on. Her book, Purpose, Passion, and Pajamas, How to Transform Your Life, Embrace the Human Connection, and Lead with Meaning details her journey and is most certainly worth the read. Genevieve, it is such a pleasure to be talking with you. I've been so excited about this because as we we talked about in our pre-conversation, we're fellow Paisans, like from the old country, we're first generation Mm -hmm. Americans, and we have that cultural background that we share so we can tell stories forever. But Mm -hmm. I have been a fan of yours from the first moment that I heard your name and learned about the work that you're doing, which I, I am just so inspired by. You were in corporate America, you know, I believe working in, in media, background, TV and radio and whatnot. And you left to really pursue your purpose and your passion, which you've been doing now for, I'm not sure how long, but I have your book. It's amazing. And I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about what led you to decide to walk away from the corporate world and do you? Well, I was always, always going to climb the corporate ladder from when I was a young teenager. That was just my dream to be one of those women who, you know, just makes a path up the ladder and in TV in a big city. And for me, that was New York. And I was doing that. And it was a workaholic life, as you can imagine. It was in the TV syndication business. And I was single and just, you know, had all my friends were in the business and it was it was a really fun life. It was a great time to be in New York climbing that ladder. But what happened 12 years in was I had this voice. I heard this voice come from my my heart, which I know now. It wasn't from my head. I'm very familiar with the chat in my head. But I heard that question from me. Ask me, if this is the next 30 years of your life, is this enough? And Gina, that really spooked me. First, that I heard the voice. Yeah. And second, that it took literally seconds for me to answer. And my answer was no. I realized in split seconds, I would be alone if I continued forever in 30 years, just working. And at the end of the day, what did it leave me with? You know, a paycheck, making other people richer you know, spending time with people in the business, leaving less time for my family. So all of a sudden I realized, you know, my dad came from Italy, my mom's Italian. They always expected me to get married and have kids. You know, I'm the first of four kids. And that was their dream. Yes, education, but they wanted grandchildren and wanted to see us happy with a family. And I thought, wow, I may have missed that boat. And I thought, how can I bring children into my life? Because I wasn't in a position to to have a family of my own. 
So I call, I started calling emergency shelters. I'd seen some report in those days where I broke my heart to see a situation with children being hurt and taken to an emergency shelter. So I called the police and, and they gave me some names and numbers and I went and I called and asked if I could read stories to children. And they said, yes. And I went with storybooks and it was the most grounded I'd ever felt. I arrived in my business suit, not knowing what to expect. I sat on the floor in a room with little kids who sat on the floor with me. They had been taken out of really traumatic, traumatic situations. You could tell some of them were crying and they were, their clothes were soiled and too tight and they were so afraid and they were being processed, which to this day sickens me to use that word. Mm-hmm. And night after night, week after week, I'd read these stories. And then one night I said, let me see where they're taking them to go to sleep. I was curious. And when I saw the room so bare, cotton futons, two or three kids up on a surface, some of them crying, blood of memories came to me of my mom sitting at the edge of my bed and my brother's and my sister's beds and the stories and the laughter and the snacks and the kisses and the hugs and, of course, pajamas. And these children were sleeping in the same clothes they'd come in with. So as the staff brought me back to the to leave, I asked if I could bring some pajamas next time. I don't know, do you know why that came out of my mouth? But that, you know, and I think about it sometimes, it just came out of my mouth. Can I bring some pajamas next time? And they said, sure. And I did. And I was so excited. Now, through this time, my enthusiasm for my job was waning. All I could think about were, were the next time I was going to see these kids. And now, did I have enough pajamas, the right sizes, the right, you know, gender? And I showed up, I read the stories to this group, and then I just waited till the end, and then I gave out pajamas one by one. And one little girl was so afraid, she just shook her head, she didn't want to take them, she just shook her head, she was so afraid of me, and I just put the pair of pink over my shoulder, and I continued, and I thought they'd take her into that room to go to sleep, but she wanted to watch me. So I saw her watching me. I finished with the children who took their pajamas and I went back over to her and I knelt down and I tried one last time. I had her touch the pajamas and I tried to convince her how soft they were and how she'd sleep so well and that they would be just for her. And she hesitated and she quietly whispered in my ear, what are pajamas? What are these? And I had to explain pajamas to this little girl who must have been about six years old and I couldn't stop what became an obsession I just I just couldn't get her the picture of her the question out of my mind but bigger than that I thought how many of these children would have asked me that question how many children are there that don't know what pajamas are and that and that was the start of what what I called pajama program and 20 years later now, we've given 7 million new pajamas and books to children across the U.S. and Puerto Rico, and we have 63 chapters across America. So it, it took and takes thousands of people who felt what I felt. We can do something about this. Genevieve, my heart is so touched. I'm, I'm literally in tears listening to you, and your mm-hmm. story is so beautiful. And 7 million Mm-hmm. pairs mm-hmm. of pajamas in 20 years. You are such an example, I think, to the rest of us who need to like take a step back and remember what it means to be living. 
and what our roles are as human beings in the world and, and what we should be doing. And I just find this so incredible. And I need to ask you, okay, first of all, I love that you asked yourself the question, if I'm, this is where I'm at in 30 years, am I going to be okay with this? I saw that question on your website and it really struck me. It really sat with me and is something that I wrote down for myself so I can revisit that question because that's something we should all be asking, but also where did you find the support to launch this and to be able to raise the funds to go out and provide 7 million pairs of pajamas over 20 years? How did you do this? It wasn't easy. It was scary. You've got the book and it's a very raw, some of it's raw. I mean, I I spent money I didn't have. I had to jump off that corporate ladder before I got fired because I was close to that. I tried every which way to juggle everything and I made a mess time and again. One of my biggest mistakes was I just, well, two mistakes. I didn't tell anyone. For fear, well, I didn't know how to tell people. I mean, I rehearsed it so many times, and there's a, an instance in my book where I where I tell the story. I rehearsed how do I tell anyone? I went to a shelter to volunteer, read and and bring some pajamas for bedtime. A little girl didn't know what they were. She asked me what they were. I was stunned. I couldn't get it out of my mind. I want to quit my job and I want to bring pajamas to kids in shelters everywhere. I mean, that sounds you know like what am I thinking? And that's exactly what someone asked me. The first person I tried to, you know, to tell after I had a glass of wine, it, it didn't help because I felt sucker <laughs> punch every time she said, what are you doing? Why would you do that? Will you work so hard? You know, can't you just do that once in a while, you know, on the side? Oh. And she just didn't get it. And and it really it made me doubt everything. But my heart just wouldn't give in. My head was fighting, saying, you know, you are crazy. Stop thinking like this. Do what she said. Once in a while, go. You've got to keep your job. You're the sole mortgage payer. All, all this stuff. And I just found what I teach and I've learned. Tell your story. Share the emotion. Share what you're doing, but share why you're doing it. I didn't go looking for my purpose, but there are, and I teach how you can find it. Mine found me, and sometimes that happens. But the more we share with each other, the more we bond and that bond is supportive. And that's what happened. People came out of the woodwork to just give a pair of pajamas, write a small check until it just grew and grew and just like miracles happened because I believe that's what happens when you're, when you're on purpose. So all the scary nights, all the nights I lost sleep, all the money I got trouble into not having and all the money I overspent and all the debt And then I met a great guy and, of course, promised to be his wife, his partner, 50-50. Well, that went out the window because all I could think about was my my obsession. You know, he'd be standing there talking to me. I wouldn't even hear him. And thank goodness he has, you know, a a heart of gold and resilient and we're, we're together and we're happy. There were lots of trying times because I probably didn't manage it as well, but it worked out beautifully and everything is okay. And I really believe that's because when you're on purpose, you're you're purely doing, you're serving, and there are ways and ways that open and, and people come through those doors. And it's just, it, you can't explain it. It just is. So I have to say, I know that you've met Oprah Winfrey. You've been on Oprah. You've been on the Today Show. You've been like all over the place. 
because obviously your passion has touched so many hearts. It speaks to people. People really feel your emotion and and want to help, right? They want to participate. What was it like for you to get invited to Oprah? And <laughs> and how did you like use that opportunity to like really um help drive home your message about helping kids? No, you don't have to do anything. Oprah does it. She is a force, as you know, as everyone knows. And people can see the show on my website, genevievepatero.com or on YouTube. And you can see what happened, which is was a huge shock to me and really propelled us forward in ways that were unimaginable and I could never have guessed. And it was a really popular show because it was a lot of fun and they aired it three times over a couple uh-huh. of years. And then I was invited back to Where Are They Now?, but when I got the call, I was I was alone and, and I got the call and the woman said, hi, I'm a so-and-so producer with the Oprah Winfrey show. Do you have a minute? And Gina, like, <laughs> do I have a minute? I have forever. I'll yeah. just sit here until you stop asking me questions, but I will answer and I will talk. And it's so funny because that head thing, half of my head was speaking intelligently, making sentences, answering the questions correctly paying attention to what she was asking me and the other half was screaming you're talking to the Oprah producer oh my gosh do you know who you're talking do you remember and those two were competing and somehow I managed to stay calm and answer the questions and there are so many stories and and I put a lot of them in the book about getting to the show being on the show and the aftermath of the show that are just beyond belief that are just once in a lifetime, each of them alone would have been enough. But the things that happened because of her generosity, her love, her compassion, and and the audience's participation, as you can see, it's just one of those once in a lifetime moments. Genevieve, you are inspiring. Like I I can't think of a a better word, and it's almost indescribable to articulate the impact of your story and the incredible work that you're doing. And I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to come and talk with me today on this podcast, because I know how busy you are and how many things you're 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 doing and reaching out and, and creating, you're creating a better future in our world. And that is just inspiring really inspiring. And I know that you have this incredible Find Your Purpose Summit coming up October 2nd in New York City. It's an in-person thing, I believe. And I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about it for people who might want to find a way to get to New York City and they might already be there and participate. Sure, sure. It's right in my place, right outside of Manhattan. It goes right to the venue. Yes, it's October 2nd, Saturday, 10 to 5. We're going to have some leaders and speakers who've all found their purpose, been successful in making it a career, sharing and giving some expert advice workshops and roundtables to attendees who are looking for their purpose or who have found it and are at the beginning stages and want to take some next steps. So everything from business people are going to talk strategy and planning to finance, to marketing people, to 
unbelievable stories of why and how people found their purpose and how they turned their own personal interest or passion into a, a paying career. So it's going to be a lot of fun. But I want to address what you said before. Well, I appreciate all, all the nice things you said. And okay, I am the founder. I found I something came to me, that aha moment with that little girl. Okay. So I went about telling people because I needed help because I, I couldn't do it alone. It was overwhelming. And over these years, and I used to think the same thing before I before I started pajama program. Look at Oprah, look at Deepak Chopra, look at Einstein, look at all these amazing people, Leonardo da Vinci over history. They had a purpose. They got this gift. They changed the world because they had an idea. You know, Richard Branson and, and Jeff Bezos and, and every everybody who has an incredible business, no matter what you think, they found their purpose and they are changing things in a big way. And people would say that to me, and it just didn't feel right. Because what I realized was, it's not the power of one that changes things. Mm -hmm. It's the power of one another that moves mountains and moves people. By myself, I would have been Santa Claus with a sack of books and pajamas. But with all these people, that's how 7 million got done. Not, not one woman with a bag of pajamas and books. I so appreciate you saying that because, I mean, I think what you're doing deserves recognition and praise because it always takes someone to get things moving. But you're right. Just to go back to the old saying, it takes a village. And it's something I tell my daughter all the time is that, you know, we're in an age where I feel like we're often very individualistic in our thinking, like I did this, I did this. In actuality, we are able to do things because of our support systems and the ways that people, you know, help and engage with us and help us move things forward. And so being collaborative and honoring the gifts of our communities and the ways that we come together, it's really how things do happen. Yeah, it's the only way. It's the only way. Nobody can do anything alone. And, and I just, I just feel strongly that I'm just in awe of the people that stepped up and doing and helping people find their purpose is a, a way to, I hope, increase the number of people who want to tell their story and tell what happened and tell what they're passionate about and ask for support. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I just want to say to anybody who's listening, you should absolutely check out Genevieve's website. You should connect with her. Get a copy of her book. It will, it's just awe-inspiring. It really, really is. You can get it on Amazon and check in with her on social media. And Genevieve, we're going to do this again because I feel like we have so much more to talk about. And I am really excited about staying connected with you and hoping maybe we can talk you into coming to the Institute to do something fun with us. I'd love it. I'd love it, Tina. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening in today. And to learn more about our guests, visit our website at womenwellnesswork.ursuline.edu. Don't forget to subscribe to Women's Work on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts.